Welcome back. We are live with another week of Growing With My Fellow Growers. I am your host, Jack Greenstock. I'm just going to be here briefly this week as I'm just finishing up my honeymoon with Lady Greenstock, but I'm going to introduce the panel before I go ahead and jump off. Starting first with someone we've missed the past few weeks, Dr. MJ. Hey, hey, Dr. MJ Coco from CocoForCannabis.com. Yeah, it's uh, I'm glad to be back with you guys. I missed a few weeks um, and I look forward to the show. Definitely think the chat's looking forward to it. I already see they're jumping in there before I was even able to send a message. A uh, reminder to go on to that live chat if you haven't already. Next up, we got Spartan Grown. What's up, everybody? I'm Spartan Grown. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word, or uh, you can shoot me an email, Spartan Grown at Gmail. I'm an organic farmer at home and a synthetic farmer at work. Welcome back. Always great to have you, Spartan Grown. Next up, we got Noah the Grower. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm uh, Noah the Grower with two E's on Instagram, Cowboy Blazer fan on Twitter. Uh, you're more than welcome to stop by and see what I got going on. I try and uh, answer any questions anybody's got. I've been growing organically in soil for about 11 years now almost, and uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to have you back as always, and uh, it being a smaller panel, I'm looking forward to listening back to the show, uh, as I won't be joining you for the rest of the evening. But next up, we have Kyle, Predicative Breeding. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Um, for anybody who is listening that lives in the Massachusetts area, uh, I'll be at the Gene Traders event, so if anybody wants to meet the infamous Kyle Breeder. Uh, I will be there and you know, I'll be happy to say hello and you know, uh, talk shop or whatever. But um, yeah, my name is Kyle Breeder. I specialize in feminized seeds. Um, and yeah, I do have a website where you can access those. It's uh, the website uh, is the letter P followed by breeding.com. So that's pbreeding.com. And you can find me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, again, you know, I'm really happy we're here and uh, still helping the people as much as we can. It's always good to be here and uh, we're happy to have you back. Uh, Gene Trader sounds like it's going to be a good time, but with that said, I have made Dr. MJ the host. So, Doc, I just want to remind you in the Zoom to click on the participants, so that way you can see over on the side if anybody tries to join, because uh, Russ Brandon joined us a little bit earlier. He said he was driving, so he's going to be a little bit late, and I think uh, Matthew Gates might jump in there a little bit later as well. But uh, with that being said, I hope everybody has a great week. And it's a good thing you said that week. because Matthew Gates was already waiting when I checked. So he Perfect. should be joining us shortly here. As, as we, uh, you know, I'm glad that I mentioned it. So uh, with that said, hope you all have a great week. And uh, Matthew, welcome in. And I'll catch you all next week. Have a good one, everybody. Peace and love. Jack Greenstock. Go love, Jack. See you, Jack. Take care, Jack. Yeah, short intro. I'm sure most people, 90% of the chat probably knows already, but I am Matthew Gates, the Integrated Pest Management Specialist. If you got any questions about pests, pathogens, and all that sort of thing, you can put them in chat. You can check me out on Xenthanol, um, my YouTube channel. You can also find me on my Instagram at SyncAngel, which are articulated on my uh, background here. All right. Um, I guess I'm, I'm hosting here. Um, somewhat surprisingly. Um, it, did everybody introduce themselves? I think so. I think, I think so. Yeah, I think everybody got around. Yep. All right. Well, I, I don't have much prepared for my hosting duties here. So um, what are you guys smoking on? Ooh, it's a good one. I'm smoking on Spartan Glue, which I haven't had in my garden in probably, whew, probably six months. 
So it's one the oldest strain in my garden, and uh, it's nice to uh, smoke be smoking on her again. It's funny I got go. is, all it, the... is it old? I mean, it's been curing, or it's just a, a fresh harvest of an old. No, strain? there's a fresh harvest. Uh, it's the oldest strain as far. So, what I mean by that is, is the one that I've had the longest. Um, yeah. The way the way that I run my garden is perpetual, and um, I have my keeper strains, and then but I always pop at least I always have at least one new strain going. And that new strain is up against the keeper strains and it can replace them if it's better. So if it's been around the longest, it's been around, it's been up against the most competitors yeah. still in the game. So that's one of those that's probably going to be around for a long, long time. What's so the, like the cross growing in a game show format? So the cross is unknown. That's what kind of makes it another special, but uh, oh, nice. I was sold. I was told it was GG4. I went to an, I was uh Early on in my career, I was uh, I made my way by um, I, nobody wanted to, or either didn't know how to or they couldn't clone or whatever. So I would just make a killing in the in the springtime on clones. Just and um, everybody wants to wheel and deal when it comes to clones. And um, so one of the deals I had with one of the persons was for uh, they traded me genetics for some clones and they had uh, GG4. And um, well, that's what they told me it was. I came home and started growing it, and it's it, it looks very it looks similar to GG4, but it's not GG4. And after the fact, after I picked up that cut, I uh, ran into Medgrower One and got the legit cut of GG4. So I can even I even run side by side, and they're two different plants. So um, at the time, I was a caregiver, and I just didn't feel right calling it GG4 because that's not what it fucking was. And uh, so I just called it Spartan glue because I, I think it's a glue cross. It's very similar to glue as far as um, the way the bud structure is, but the plant structure, the, the, the plant morphology is different. The uh, I think it's crossed with like, I don't know. I, I've guessed a hundred things, but to me, it seems it's some kind of a sativa it's been crossed with. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, some kind of like a haze maybe or something. I don't know. Well, this ain't cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that. <laughs> not cookies. What are you smoking on, Noah? Oh, I got a bunch of stuff right now. I've just been so lazy, but I've been meaning to post Instagram. But man, I got a bunch of stuff. I every winter I uh, I gear up and push real hard. That way, when the the heat comes, I can take a little pressure off my uh, mini split. So I got. Purple Punch, Platinum. Uh, let's see here. I was just looking at Overflow, Gelato, uh, Sunset Sherbet, fuck, Gorilla Glue. I got a bunch of shit right now. So I've been just kind of, like I said, I save it up that way. Sometimes I'll turn off a light uh, when the heat gets really cracking around here. But uh, yeah, so I got a bunch of stuff. I was messing around taking pictures the other day. And then, of course, like a space kid, I only posted one. So. <laughs> Yeah, you You're not the it. only one that does that, dude. You're not the only one. I delete probably 30 <laughs> pictures to the one I post. <laughs> I, yeah. I know many photographers who take thousands and they'll only select a couple of them from that, you know, but they can also do that like 100 pics a second thing. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can feel the bit Spartan. You want to talk about uh, Sar Diesel Tangi asked in the chat uh, about humic and fulvic acid. Um, I can toss that to you first. So they said, uh, what is it? Uh, 
Fulvic acid humic said, do they both primarily assist in nutrient uptake? Okay, so so this is the way that I boil down fulvic and humic acids. Pretty much the same thing. The biggest difference between the two is particle size. And the particle size will determine its application. The smaller particle size would be used in a foliar application because it's going to, you're trying to get it in through the stomata. Whereas the, um, uh, now I lost my train of thought in mid thought. Thanks, Spartan Glue. Oh, the particle size. And so the bigger particle size is something you'd want to like mix with water and water in like the root drench. Yeah. Um, now, if I remember correctly, the it's, uh, it was a uh, fulvic and humic. I think the humic would be the larger of the two particle sizes. Am I right on that? Yeah, um, okay. it includes our, so fulvic is really a subset of humic acids. Yeah, the, um, they just turn into each other. The, the bigger one. Well, the yeah, it's matter. like, um, it, it's just the, the certain range. So fulvic acid, like you're saying, is a finer um, particle size, but humic acid is inclusive of fulvic acids. Um, so if something has humic acid, it usually includes also some particle sizes that are within the range of fulvic acid. If it's sold specifically as a fulvic acid, that's because it's it's sort of refined to that finer level. Um, but they both are used for, for the same purposes. Um, and they both can be used in a root trench. I agree that uh, fulvic is superior for foliar application. So, um, hmm, I'm smoking on Shining Silver Haze. Um, it is really interesting. When I first harvested this one, it was a little bit too racy for a while, but after a longer cure, I don't know if it kept sort of maturing a little bit, um, as it cured, but the, the terpenes or the, the cannabinoids seem to settle down a little bit. It's a much more mellow experience now than it was just a few weeks after it was harvested, um, which I'm happy about because... The first few times I was smoking on it, I was like, oh man, this is a little bit too, I don't know, anxious of a, of a high. I'm not a big fan of anxious highs. And that's yeah, like where your heart starts beating really fast, that kind of a thing? Uh, it's kind of more jittery. Yeah, I don't know if my heart really start beating really fast, but you know, just kind of feeling on edge, not oh, sort of comfortable. Yeah. It's like the opposite of couch lock, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. you're kind of a little bit uneasy and you feel like you want to smoke a bowl, but then you're kind of thinking, hmm, I'm not sure if that's what I feel like this is the first one. <laughs> is, that a, is that a super silver haze cross? What, what's the-, the It's the, just the, one of, yeah. So my understanding is it's just like the cut of super silver haze that um, RQS has been curating and they call it shining silver haze um but i don't think it's crossed with anything else i think it's just a specific cut of super silver haze nice that's cool yeah it's i've grown it several times this time i was definitely sort of the most it was the most peculiar i have a ton of it it was i only grew two plants in that run and it it yielded a lot like uh, over half a pound so i i better start to like it what was the flowering time on it? Is it kind of, is it pretty long or? Um, yeah, I, I took it. Um, and that's what I was thinking. I might not have taken it long enough this time. I took it like 11 weeks. Uh, 11 weeks. I don't think, I, I don't think I've grown anything that long. 
11 weeks from flip so like 10 oh, weeks of real flowering time okay. but yeah still that's uh i like them a little bit shorter than that if i can get nine nine weeks is like it's one of those strains perfect. that yeah you, you wouldn't you wouldn't grow it for a fast turnover and and for that reason you know some of these strains you'll never really find out there because a lot of commercial growers or growers growing for speed or whatever are more concerned about that they won't invest the time that it takes to grow one of these strains so it's always been one of the things that, that I've been willing to do is grow the longer flowering strains. But, you know, it definitely, I think maybe one more week would have been a better idea. Just based on, well, what do you think about that? You think it kept sort of uh, uh, maturing in harvest and that's why post-harvest and that's why it's it's more mellow now? Well, you you did you say you harvested it? At, you you feel like you should have harvested another week, but you feel like that it's more mellow. I, I would say if you wanted it to be more mellow, well, it started off really racy it. and it's just settled down through. Oh, just in the cure through a couple started. of months of curing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's just the cure process that does that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good thing to think about too if you do harvest a, a plant. I mean, I know a lot of people can't just like you know I'm going to wait three that's... months before I I start smoking on this one, but it definitely was was not sort of my favorite experience earlier and i'm liking it now yeah I, i've noticed that with my cultivars too the, they'll continue to what i say age you know yeah. or pure so i wonder i wonder if there's a difference as far as okay so this is the way my mind's working right my highest mind right now so if you harvested say whatever the harvest we'll say it's a 10-week strain Say if you harvested a 10 week strain at 10 weeks and we'll say that uh, hang dry is, well, I'm gonna say two weeks, but you guys are gonna say shorter, aren't you? We'll say a week, it doesn't matter the time. We'll say that the dry time is a week. Yeah. Um, if you harvested a week earlier and dried it the same week, but cured it for the, fo the following week, so it would be on the same total age and cure as if you harvested it on time. Right. And tested it then, would it be the same? Probably not, right? Probably not. Yeah, no, it's going to mature it differently when it's still like alive on the plant and getting fed by the plant than it will. But I wonder, like if it, if, I wonder if that maturation weight rate, like I wonder, I don't know how it could even be measured, but I wonder how the maturation rate, like how does that change? Like if it's alive, does that maturation rate, is that faster? Is it, well, is it analogous to like to like tomatoes on like vine ripened fruit versus not? Is it sort of analogous there? I'm not it, sure because we're talking be. about just the although the, the re, I mean not the way that they the ripen green tomatoes is sort of the reason that they don't taste particularly good. So I, I don't know if that's a totally fair analogy. I mean we're not yeah not you know we sort of are so what they do with the green tomatoes is they just hit them with ethylene gas to to ripen them quickly at the the point of consumption or at the point of final distribution but they don't um, have those sugars is i guess the point i'm trying to make they don't like right like what you're saying like when you if you separate they ripen the them plant, too far, right yeah they separate from the plant none of those there's like you can't make something from nothing as we famously know and I just feel like that's kind of similar here. Those sort of metabolic processes and things like those halt when the tissue dies. Right. So there's three that's a, things that things happen afterwards. Right. But you know, different well, there's three things happen. that I think are going to really change things. And regardless of sort of how long you keep the plants in each condition, I think that 
the the way it ripens will be different when it's still like a plant growing in the ground. Uh, it will it will be different when it's in a sort of open air exchange drying initially. Um, and then if you do limit the air exchange, um, like in a jar, I think that that will also affect the way that, that it continues to ripen or sort of what happens to other things like terpenes. Um, so I definitely think that they were playing around with a few of the variables. It's just interesting to think when, if you take time off of the first one, how do you compensate for that sort of later? And I'm sort of thinking it might be a couple of months in the, in the jars to make up for like a week that I, I harvested it early, potentially. So like, I wonder if you could in effect fix a too early harvest by an extra long cure. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm essentially sort of thinking about. I mean, that's what, yeah. that, that's what this got me thinking about because I was thinking I had harvested it too early. Um, now it's a whole lot better. So I, I think you probably can. I think there's also probably a limit to that. Oh, right. Yeah. There's it's gotta be like at least some, uh, some level of maturity of the trichome. It has to be at least pre present and physically there right yeah so you can't be like before that for sure right like i might have made up for a week by doing two months of curing i you know if you had done two weeks early it might we might be talking like eight months of curing and if it was like three weeks early then you're just going to be screwed you're not going to be able to sort of make up for it probably you know what i mean um but at the same time that's good for people to know to you know if if you feel like you could have went another week with it with it just be patient yeah exactly keep that, keep that in that jar and uh, keep it for another week. Try it again. Don't I feel like, like it's usually it worth be, it. Yeah, don't be just like don't consume it and be unhappy with it. If you yeah. feel like if you feel like it's you know it could be cured for longer, cure for longer. Yeah, yeah. No, that was. Uh, I, I think that that's a a potential lesson from all of this. Anyways, I'm happy. Well, I would say nice that I think that haze two now. weeks. Uh, if you're if you're pulling two weeks early, I mean, it would be strain dependent. I mean, yeah, I I grown, you know what I mean? I've grown quite a few different strains and there's certain ones, like you said, that, you know, at the beginning, you, you don't really know it. Oh yeah. I'll just push it 56, 57, 58 days. And then you're like, Oh wait, no, that's a 65 day. Yeah. You probably get away with that. But if you have a 56 day plant, like, you know, something that's eight weeks and you're pulling at six. Uh, I agree. Tough. You that's know, the other part tough. of that is, is, is sort of, if you think about it in a percentage wise, this was like a 12 week strain that I harvested maybe at 11. Um, so you're talking like an eight yeah. week strain that you're harvesting at six. That's a much bigger percentage of like the total time it would have to flower. Um, so yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't think you can, you can correct big sins, but you might be able to correct minor ones. Um, the other thing though is don't, don't also use this as an excuse to harvest early because like harvesting a few days early is going to cost you a couple extra months curing to sort of get back to those few days early. Oh, sorry. Brandon's here. Let's let Brandon into the room. Oh, yeah. There's a uh, Chad Westport brought up a good question in chat uh, on in YouTube here. And he says, um, do the plants reach maturity based on light hours received or does it reach maturity based on the, the time lived? And I just made a comment saying that I think the question for all of us is more the trichomes. I mean, the plant maturity at that point, you know, towards harvest 
yes, you want it to be like in senescence and all that. But I think what we're really most concerned of is we're growing, <laughs> we're growing for the trichomes. That's what we're yeah. really, we're trichome farmers. And light yeah. hitting the plant happens over time anyways. So I feel like kind of fundamentally time is the more significant factor, right? Cause it affects everything. I agree, but, but there definitely seems it. to be, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. Oh, <laughs> I was just I, saying like, I was going to make a mash referenced. Yeah. <laughs> I agree that time is the more significant factor. Like if you're thinking about a, a flowering period, but I've definitely also seen that growers that are really fully late in their space mature faster and harvest a little bit earlier than growers that are underlit in the space. So I, I also think that there is sort of a role to the, the total sum of photons that the plant receives and how that will affect the, the rate of its, its uh, maturation. Um, yeah. And if you're really sort of hitting it right at the limit every day, it's going to mature faster than if you're sort of well below the limit every day. It's like almost every question that we get asked is like the answer is like everything because everything ties into the yeah <laughs> right <laughs> right but, but i think it, i mean again i think you're mainly dealing with time there if you're fully lit then you might you know be a few days ahead of somebody that was under lit but it's not going to be you know twice as fast or something like that blue grown in the chat says welcome res brandon just popped the limarilla so um should we let brandon, yeah let's uh, let give brandon a chance to introduce himself welcome brandon no we can't hear you still yeah there you go. Myself. what's going on everybody brandon rust here you can find me on instagram at rust.brandon glad to be here i was just driving home from the farm always busy doing something so yeah, I'm here. Uh, Limarilla is great, man. I have a bunch of that uh, running at Majestic right now. Phenomenal variety. It's very, very pungent. It's got a unique terpene profile. Uh, I think everybody's going to really, really enjoy it. Still one of my all-time favorites. You're going to have to get me some of that, one of these grows. I've got, uh, I keep saying this, but I got one seed. I'm going to do one feminized seed of orange gasm and then i'm got brandon's gear going up behind it i'm going to find that uh i'm gonna to have to get with you again brandon and figure out what the, your code was for the mac cross because i'm doing that one first Dude, did you do the limarilla f2 breeders cut times mac that i send that i don't know but i got i'll i can go dig them up if you want me to go look them up right now i'll grab them and I'll if tell you, you have, I have that okay you're so stoked that shit okay. is fucking <laughs> insane bro okay like, well I'm, I'm gonna go fucking like what just I'm, i'll be right back Okay, so this cross that I did with the Limarilla, um, I <clears throat> look, I have like a no seed buying policy. Some people might know. I just, if I start buying seeds, it's over. I'm going to be broke all the time. So, but I broke, my, I broke my policy and I, and I ended up buying a pack of the Mac V2 when it dropped. Somebody, uh, I bean popping on them. Like IG had bunches of packs. Him and his boys like went to the drop in LA and grabbed a bunch of packs. I bought one from them, from him and I popped all the seeds and I got, I only had one female plant out of the whole pack. Everything else was male. So I was like, ah, oh, I was just like, fuck. So I planted all the males and I was just looking at them. I was like, dude, this male looks super rad. And I uh, grabbed that and I just started doing some crosses in my tent here. Um, and one of the cross, one of the clones that I hit was my breeder cut of the Limarilla. 
and uh, I just did a couple of like tested like maybe like 10 of them out and they're absolutely insane dude they stack super fucking hard there's no there's no uh water leaf on it at all so it's like a trimmer's dream come true and they they're gonna finish in like 54 days like solid crazy nice ass nuggets super stoked All right, here we go, dude. I have a clear vial with it looks like either a seven or an L on it. Yep. What is Luminous. that? That's the Lima Rilla times Mac V2. Oh, gee, well, I stand right here then. That's the, that'll be popped. Fucking, that'd be the first one that I pop. Hold on, let's see what else I got. TB. TB is the Trainwreck Blueberry times Mac V2. Oh, that's fucking the next one. That's number two. Hold on. I got to put this in order. And I got three of them. These ones are labeled. Oh, wait, no. This, <laughs> these ones are just blank. There's nothing. Oh, snap. Not loud, dude. But I think, yeah, in the, in the same package, I got these stickers. I got the, uh, it looks like it says original glue. Which, actually, it's funny. These three stickers I have already in packs. So I have your original original glue. That, okay, so that one right there, that original glue times Lime 1 BX is a phenomenal, dude. I'm growing a bunch of it right now. It is so good. I'm so stoked on it. <laughs> All right, then. This was the one that really caught my eye. Is a Purple Kush MK. Yeah. Old school frames, dude. So those have a, a little bit longer flowering time, but you're going to get a lot of the old school uh, type of smell. That's what I was so, like thinking. the Kush, like that hashy earth coffee, uh, also mixed in with some some fruit comes up, but uh, mostly, and then you'll find some skunk in there as well. Well, what's the highs like on that? The high is. Is it kind of indica high? No, it's more of a, it's more of a mental high, but it also is, it, it, if you smoke a good amount, you'll also be sedated, but it's more of a uplifting kind of racy high. It really it brings that on, I think, from the MK Ultra. And, and this one, guy. Oh, yeah, that's, in, that's. That's the one that I was really thinking about for the, the, the Lime Marilla in there. I was really going to go after this one too. That's really good too, but that 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 Gorilla Glue Four, that, I mean, they're all good, man. They're all really good, yeah, but I'm like yeah. super stoked on. So the, this one. So hold on, I got it. You tell me this order. You tell me if this order's wrong. This is the order I got it in. I got it in that Mac Cross, the seven or the three or what or seven or whatever L. the symbol is. L. So that Mac Cross is one first place. Yeah. And this one's two because it's that other Mac Cross. No, no, no. <laughs> That is still oh, no, the, the train wreck so blueberry. I mean, that's still being tested, right? The train wreck okay. blueberry is being tested. There's a couple of people running it right now. So far, no harms or anything. But you said train wreck and blueberry. How can that not be fucking fire, dude? And that's the thing, right? So it's these old school crosses from 20 years ago. You know how I did this project with a bunch of old stuff and we hunted a bunch of old stuff. That train wreck blueberry MK Ultra is a beast dude they have these massive massive frames on them and when they put on flat on the on flower you know they're a little bit longer uh flowering okay. time 
but they fucking yield massive. The colas are huge. You guys saw some of the pictures. Yeah, um, dude, that's why I was excited it about it. It looked like I was holding fucking Christmas trees. Yeah. It's so, fucking huge. I remember those. Those were massive. That's massive. not something I would even want to try to do outdoors. That's something I would want to stick inside and just blow out a fucking four by four with it. Yeah. So I actually, in the in our group chat on IG, I sent some pictures of that um mac that lima rilla breeders cut my breeder cut times um mac v2 at day 42 at six weeks and you can kind of see like how it stacks up and like what the uh like it's really really hashy it's really nice i'm fucking stoked on that dude because that's like the favorite that's my favorite fucking shit to smoke right now is mac one so of course i'm going for those max first i'm stoked on getting that lime too so They're which one's different. more which one's more limey you think the original glue uh times lime bx or the uh, limerilla times lime one bx okay so the limerilla times lime one bx has a profile similar to my death breath and my death breath mm-hmm. has a very unique terpene profile it's like uh it's like a tangerine grapefruit no 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 you know what it is it this is what it is it's hibiscus grapefruit it's hibiscus grapefruit on the front end and then the back end is like a like a kind of sweet rotten uh, yes rotten rotten floral i would say yeah it's really really interesting but it's very pungent yeah i i i think people know this but we don't talk about as much as we talked about some of your other crosses, Brandon. If I can insert myself for a moment, I just want to reiterate that uh, the death breath is probably, yeah, up there in the top five for me. Maybe my favorite, Um, especially that you've grown personally. So, and I do feel like it's got that like ripe, overripe, rot, floral, fruity kind of feeling to it. Uh, But it's been a while since, so I should really, really get my hands on some more and try it again and describe it <laughs> if you're out in oklahoma guy. you are always growing it nice let me jump in to let tao who just joined us introduce himself welcome tao hello everyone chat panel yeah time got away from me i didn't realize how late it had gotten um it's great to be here i'm the american one on youtube and the american one underscore with underscore 18s on the igs and uh, it's great to be here. All right. Um, let me address one quick question here. Kenny Bass Flower asking chat if there's a EC nutrient regimen that you could give multiple different strains at different stages of veg. Um, yeah, you know, you can always just compromise a little bit, Kenny Bass, and um, back off EC a little bit if you have, you know, go to the lowest EC that any of your strains or your your plants will sort of tolerate. Um, and there's not a huge difference in nutrient element ratio in the different veg stages. Um, so you can just basically compromise on the late veg uh, nutrient blend with uh, the EC that sort of the most fickle plant will tolerate and you'll be fine there as a compromise. Um, I also, I wanted to get back to um, Smart Poker asked in chat, and this, I think, ties into some of the conversations you guys are having about strains and terpenes and all of that. But he's asking about getting hit with a smell right after the lights go off. Um, 
And I'm curious if anybody on the panel has noticed a pungent smell associated with lights off. I think that I have, and I mentioned in the chat, and I also mentioned that the description kind of reminds me of like petrichor, that sort of like after it rains, like bacterial um, associated smell or microbial, I should say, maybe. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's funny you said that about after it rains, because I was thinking it might be ozone related to the lights. Um, good point, too. And when he first brought this up to me separately, that's what I was really sort of thinking about, um, because a lot of people will notice uh, a sort of distinct smell of ozone. Um, but he, he's claiming it's more of like a chlorophyll plant based smell. Um, so maybe you're right with um being bacterial based or something along those lines. I think it's mostly fucking humidity, just fucking the room humidity just going sky high. I do feel like things when they get like, and I think there's a reason for this. I, I imagine it has to do with like how gases move and stuff, but um, definitely when it gets more humid, I do feel like I smell more things or like there's sort of a, a greater complexity, um, maybe kind of like the leaves in a whiskey glass or something like that. Yeah, interesting. The relative humidity. Because How? The lights are going down, so the heat drops. The uh, air has nowhere to go, <laughs> or not the air. The water has nowhere to go in the air. The, the air can no longer hold as much water, and uh, things just get humid, more humid in there. Yeah. How quickly? That's like rain, you know, it's super humid. How quickly did the person notice, Doctor? Yes, my poker. Like, how is this? As soon as this, the lights turn off, or like within ten minutes, or. Cause I know like when I, when I would sneak in right when the light's about to go on, it definitely has much more potent stank than like halfway through the light cycle for sure. Yeah. And you know, that's related to why we harvest plants at the end of a dark period as well. Right. Like the lights burn True. off a lot of the terpenes and the cannabinoids and you know, they, they're still be produced during the dark period and can accumulate more. Um, that's I why teas that are, are but it's this immediately after the lights go off thing that is, is curious. I was just going to interject and say that that's how they grow shade grown tea, for example, like, um, and the various like, um, you know, compounds that you're looking for in tea uh, are going to be more or less depending on that. And also like, you know, leaf bud size, if it's like a bigger leaf, it's going to be a little bit more woodier and drier and maybe, maybe more complex, but like, uh, certainties anyways and then you have to then you process them with a, a pan fry or a boil or whatever um but like 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 white teas and certain green teas are like very the like the the, the newest buds so they're very soft they're very pliable a lot mm -hmm. of trichomes themselves um and, and a different sort of um uh ratio of compounds too so i think it's very similar to what we're talking about here I was gonna make a joke and say I wouldn't know. I don't go in the in the room when the lights are off. <laughs> I already I already gave myself up when I started talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. I'm often in there just before the light. So during the flowering period, I, one of my common things to do is like ten minutes before the lights are supposed to go off, I'll flip them off and then use those ten minutes to do training or whatever other issues I have to do in the tent, and then just seal it up at the end of that. So. I'm often in there. I mean, and I get hit with the smell for sure, but it's just because like I opened the tent and went in there. So, you know, you just inspired me to make a joke about putting on some night vision goggles and going in there. And then I remembered 
Well, how much IR exposure do you think a, can, a plant, maybe this is, you know, species dependent, but do you think that that would have much effect? Because I know certain no. Are, no, right? It, it, IR does not have an effect on um, the photoperiodism. Oh, certainly not that. But I, I wonder, well, I guess that's the most. Well, that's what thing. we're worried about when we go in there without the lights on. Yeah. Well, like sometimes people supplement with like UV, for example, and I think IR too sometimes or like maybe low red. Uh-huh. Um, so I just, it just made me think the, the spectrum question is an interesting one. Well, there's night vision cameras. I have a night vision camera that blasts an IR beam across the canopy and uh, the camera picks that up and you can see inside the tent at night and that's totally safe to use for the photo period. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. I just meant for like from like a um, like a physiological stimulation perspective. Maybe not for photoperiodism, but more for like um, uh, like secondary metabolite production or something. I don't know. I, again, it, it yeah. probably doesn't have much of an effect. Yeah, yeah I don't even know. Um, of studies looking at running like UV light during the dark period. Um, I think there have been some. Um, I, I doubt that IR would have a significant effect for like the maturation of or the development of cannabinoids. What about just general plant physiology? Because they keep there's several people now in chat saying and describing it like a fresh cut grass. They said within seconds of the lights turning out. Is there a like do the does the plant like exhale out its um, stomata like as soon as the lights turn out or something turn off like that? Or is there any would there be any kind of like some kind of a word stress or something to make it uh the plant will react primarily actually to the changing climate rather than the the light suddenly going off so the plant will respond to the rising um or sorry to the to the dropping vapor pressure deficit i think that's more like uh pineapples and other sorts of plants that do that um oh <laughs> it's such a basic question but i'm even forgetting isn't that c4 or cam cam that the cam photosynthesis process what about it Am I thinking of the right one for pineapples? Oh God, um, our pineapples. Oh, yeah, plant? They, they very well maybe. Yeah, yeah, the one, and that's the one where like you do all the photosynthesis at night, and then you make like malic acid or whatever it is, and then that way you don't have to be constantly dealing with the. You, with yeah, the, sun. the cam yeah. plants only exchange carbon dioxide at night. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's what Spartan, what Spartan was saying reminded me of that. So like some plants have definitely evolved that way for sure. I was just trying to figure out why you would smell more chlorophyll when the lights were off because you'd think there'd be more chlorophyll like production and all that when the lights were on and not when they're off. And why I'm just, my brain's not figuring it out and it's bugging me. Well, I think you were actually onto something initially Spartan with the rising humidity. I mean, I, I think that that, we can sort of pick up on that and it will make things smell more pungent. Yeah, that's true. Maybe with the rising humidity would makes the, maybe makes the, the leaves swell a little bit or. And if you were running a dry, you know, if you were running high VPD, causing the plants to, to, well, no, that, you know, it's hard to imagine what would cause the plants to certainly like, like start putting off more smell in that situation but i'll think about it a little bit more from that angle i had been thinking it was more related to 
the light itself and potentially smelling something coming from the light. I mean, it makes sense that you would smell terpenes more in the in the night, you know, in, with it's a lower temperature. But I mean, not within seconds. I think I'd imagine it would take a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be the plant responding to something, doing something, or it's because the, the climate is changing that you're able to pick up on it more. We all know it's the radio. It's at the radio wave frequency that's really at the. All right. Did I miss any questions in chat? I was sort of busy with my own keeping up with the conversation. Oh, we do have one right here by Shredder0911. Can you ask Brandon how his Royal Kush is doing and tell him mine appears to be dudded or sickly? Well, that's too bad, Shredder. You're muted, Brandon. <laughs> And when you say dudded or sickly, could you ex could you expand on that? Because when I have found, just from an IPM perspective, a lot of people say a lot of things when they mean dudding. So, like, could you be more descriptive? Um, I uh, I'm not having any issues with anything uh, as far as Royal Kush goes. Um, they're a really. Can you turn up a little bit, Brandon? Sure. Uh, ooh, can I? Can you hear me a little bit better now? Yes. Better, yeah. Or maybe if I just put the mic a little bit closer. Um, it's a very, very short, stocky plant, and it also has really big, huge fan leaves. Um, so it uh, it doesn't like veg very fast because it just wants to kind of branch out everywhere so it does require a little bit more maintenance but um i i'm not having any issues um but this is also the first round that i'm flowering it out right now brandon let me ask you a quick question do you like the short stocky ones with the super fat dinosaur leaves or do you like like what Spartan was alluding to, he likes the stretchers that fill in the space. So you have a preference or, and oh, I don't want to speak for Spartan. Man. Yeah, I don't like those stretchy ones. I like them at work. I don't like them at home. Oh, okay. I, think, I love this abacus plant that uh, I've already talked about, but like it stretches so much and it does chunk up, but uh, it's purple and, and lengthy and it just towers over all the other ones. And I, I find that aesthetically pleasing, but maybe it's not the best, you know. <laughs> um, for a commercial production, I like things that are a little more manageable. I like to uh, not have to, you know, five trellises. <laughs> yeah, lots of trellising and all that kind of stuff. So I do like plants that are a little shorter and stocky. Um, the gas is like that, that that we're running we have some other varieties that are like that that are nice and short and stocky the only thing that i don't like about them is the vet if you want a bigger plant you got to give it extra veg time you know or i do maybe you don't have that issue <laughs> yeah you do have to veg them a little bit longer but they usually yield pretty yeah or or you know here's the the payoff for something like the gas cut that i run um, you might put a little bit more veg time on it, but it's also going to produce more and it's, it's just going to finish faster. So 
there's kind of trade-offs and it's all cultivar dependent because different things react differently and you know it's all contingent basically on your environment you know how consistent things stay your feeding regimens integrated pest management i mean you have to look at things from a holistic perspective and like, um, especially, I'll, I'll just say this, not like implying anything here, and probably uh, Shudder would have noticed this, um, but I do associate kind of like, almost like a pre-senescence that can happen sometimes, uh, post, post-flip with um, uh, especially aphid pressure. It's like cannabis aphid, rice root aphid. If it's a, if it's a pretty good population, might maybe like 50, plus 100 plus on, on a single plant. I've noticed that that can sometimes cause the plant to get uh, yellow and have leaf abscission where they fall off and maybe even some like purplish and yellowish too. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very pretty fall colors. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, when you flip to flower, sometimes plants just kind of, I mean, it's like bolting, like they start to, to start that process. But um, it hard, it's hard for me to know, and I do think a lot of things are very cultivar dependent. Just, just hard to really say. Um, but I guess it's stocky, so maybe that's why it kind of seems sort of um, stunted, perhaps in that way. It'd be interesting to see pictures. It could that could be a possibility. Was that you, Tao? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, no, but, but way to call I'll, him out. Like, that's good. That's good. Get Tao involved. Did he? Um, <laughs> how far in did he notice the thudding? Because, like, when I, I have like seeds, then like you know, sometimes they're just out of the gate. They're uh, screwed up. Hey, is I he, mean, that's gonna happen sometimes, talk- right? Or- right. Is he talking about like a like halfway through flower and things going south, or is it? Well, it seemed did like. He say, did he say? Yeah. It, well, yeah. I'm happy to to read a reiteration, but um, my interpretation was that, and you can tell me for right, Shredder, um, that Wait, like, a- maybe it was always kind of small. Ask him if this this is if he also won the uh, the auction or whatever, and he got the the two cuts as well. Ask him if he if he's the other guy. Okay. Let's see if he's listening, and he'll respond. But um, yeah, like I could see how if a plant is particularly stocky, um, you know, and, and that like short stunted growth is a sign of like B curly top virus, sclerosis virus, hoplatin viroid, phy- hemp phytoplasmas, a bunch of things that people don't have a lot of experience with or things that are kind of cryptic in the beginning. Um, things, things that are hard to see. Things that are hard to see. Th- things that you might not associate because they usually they require vectors and that kind of a thing. Um, some of, and only like two of those things that I mentioned, the phytoplasma and the hop latent are um, even known to be possible to like vertically transmit through seed. The other stuff, not so much. Lower leaves didn't develop possibly due to fat top leaves. Uh, and yes, it was from the fire auction. So you might want to grab a microscope and you might want to check your cuts for hemp russet mite. Uh-oh. 
Uh, so you're stunting if the tops kind of seem maybe like a little brownish, mm-hmm. like they're kind of not growing very well. Um, go get if your the, microscope if, and, and go see and go and go look at your cuts. If the leaves are kind of if they've, I've got a great video on my YouTube channel, Zentanol, that goes over uh, what rest of my damage looks like on canvas. Also broad mite damage, which looks very similar. The, the leaves get this sort of rough corrugated look to them uh, that I would definitely ascribe to as sickly. Um, so if that's what you think you might have, that's a, that's a possibility. I will say that, that uh, hemp rust that might um, typically doesn't do well if it doesn't have a host for very long, but I suppose there's, we don't know a whole lot about it specifically. A lot, a lot of rest of mites, like unless they're able to overwinter, they can't last very long without a host because their life cycle is very uh, short um, and very fecund, and that's how they compensate. So maybe that's possible. That's a possibility. Um, this is just one one additional reason why we need more research on on various pests, especially for cannabis. Oh, dead air. I think that that's, that falls on me. Um. <laughs> no, it falls on me for causing it. It's not very, it's not, it's very difficult to segue after that sort of rambling. Oh, I know. Um. I know. I, I can ramble forever, but it's the figuring out what to do at the end of the ramble that, that always trips me up too. And I want to, I also don't want to like Bogart the conversation, you know, so. I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, well, let's see. I don't think we ever asked Tao what he's smoking on. What are you smoking on, Tao? Actually, I'm smoking on some of that time wreck that uh, I had posted on IG a little while back. I'm smoking a whole bunch of different things, but uh, right now... Did you say train wreck or time wreck? Because time wreck sounds like a cool name. Yeah, time wreck. It's um, huh. it's a it's a strain from Subcool. It has... um. A, a strain called the Arcadia blood wreck, which is a train wreck, I guess, which is red in color. And um, that's how it got its name, I suppose. Yeah, time wreck. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite plants. And it uh, it clones like nothing. It clones like no other plant I ever had. I could just stick it in dirt and forget about it. It'd be, you know, green in three days almost. Um, that's one of the reasons why I still have it. I've had it a long ass time too now. Um, sometimes I think the plants pick you because a couple times I'm like, I think I'm gonna let this thing go, and it wouldn't let me let it go. So I think it's going. I'm gonna keep it forever now. Yeah, it really established that symbiosis for you. Those yeah, are the best plants. It, and it's, it, it's it is great. a performer. No matter what what I give it, no matter like. And I just had this happen. Two, I had one in in one space, one in another space. The one that looked so healthy and great, it just wasn't quite as potent as the one that got a little bit beat up. And it's weird. It's just they look so different. The one that got a little beat up has like tight nugs, and the other one it has. I wanted to call them airy, but they're more airy. You know, they're less more dense. elongated. Weird. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it yeah. was a very bizarre experience. It's the same exact cut, you know, and so different in the, in the same in the same building. It's just one one flight lower, so yeah, well, it has stress a, response, a slight difference. Know? Yeah, and a slight different environmental as well. But 
but yeah, it is amazing. Look, like if I showed you, if the two plants were next to each other, you would, and you couldn't smell them, you know, you would say they're not the same plant. That's how different they looked. Hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think it echoes back to what uh, Dr. M. Chikoko was saying about um, kind of like in a private growing situation where you don't have like the com certain commercial pressures. Um, you know, it's a little bit easier, more incentivized, I think, to like let one that's a longer like variety kind of go longer. Mm -hmm. And um, personally, I've always, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with not doing the opposite, but um, I've always been kind of a like let it go really long kind mm -hmm. of person. Um, you know, I, just, I like to let it just get super. Of course, there's some uh, <laughs> there's some calculated risks that I'm taking by doing that, but um, that's always been kind of my my style. Kind of like with fruits and stuff. Like I like to let it get ripe and juicy, um, mm -hmm. you know, before unless I'm specifically wanting to make some, uh, you know, green tomato on the grill or something like that. Oh, wow, I've never had a green tomato. Well, I'm not a big tomato fan myself, but some people yeah. like them. There you go. Yeah, I've been um, trying you to hold out. You enough green tomatoes, too. <laughs> Say what? You got green tomatoes on the brain today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I have tomatoes. Well, you know, I did cut myself recently on a kitchen tool, so maybe I'm thinking of fruits that are easy to cut. Um, but I don't personally eat much tomatoes, so I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> yeah, they're slimy and nasty. But, you know, I did also, we talked about this in some other uh, place, how, how different, if you harvest it eight weeks or harvest it 10 weeks or even, like, wait till it's dead, it, it changes. It totally will change the, the taste, at least, profile in some strains. And it will change the high, too. And I think, I think this is a truth. I don't know. But I think the longer you let them go, the longer your high will last when you smoke it, like one joint, smoke a certain amount. You let it, if you let it, you'd get an eight or seven week or you'll be stoned for, you know, seven or eight weeks worth. But if you let it go 10 weeks and smoke a joint, you're stoned for 10 weeks worth. I think it lasts longer for some reason. I might be totally off, but that's. Yeah, uh, Yellow Tree in the chat asks um, Brandon. So let's ask Brandon about his TK by TK NL5 Haze by Lime BX1. And what to expect? I'm in second week of flower. The plants are thick and the stem rub is unexplainably amazing. In what way is it? Oh, you said you couldn't explain it, but can you try to explain it? Uh, that's hysterical. He's like, how explain? Go ahead and explain the unexplainable. Yes, exactly. How can I ask such a yeah, No, that's good. Um, the ones that I've ran, they, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the NL5 haze. Uh, it is the type of haze that has more of the like front end pine lemon cleaner type of smell. They put on real real serious weight but they also take you know 12 13 weeks to finish um the triangle kush crossed into that because i ran you know the triangle kush times nl5 haze is a lot uh shorter and stockier it doesn't really have that up like as pungent of a profile um and it finishes faster you know 
eight, nine weeks. Uh, this particular cross is it's interesting because it take it does take uh you know maybe like nine ten weeks to finish, but it's that super super upfront NL five haze profile, but it's almost got um I think maybe some terpenoline as one of the main components in it too because it has kind of that uh, like a sour as well in it, not just that um the the pine and lemon but it has this like uh it's just really pungent it's it's so much it's so strong and then it stacks insane man i have some i have some pictures on my phone the the all the side branching colas stack like like they were you know tops so the thing's gonna produce really well the ones that i have that i'm running right now um let's see if i can find i i shared i can usually share pictures like on ig to our our group um yeah but they're nice man i i don't think i'm gonna run them commercially commercially because i have a bunch of stuff for the indoor facility that that's taking like you know 54 to 56 days and that's a lot more appealing than 70 from an investor's perspective and that's kind of who i'm trying to please and so you know use cultivars that finish fast and produce well and have really nice pretty bag appeal and um you know just kind of check all the boxes and just try to run those what are, what are some of your favorites that you're running right now brennan so we're going to have a new lineup. We're kind of switching everything out at the indoor facility. We are going to be running the gas number four cut a lot of that because it always sells out immediately. Everybody likes it. And what that is, it's Mac one times Starfighter. It's great. Uh, great variety finishes extremely fast, puts on good weight. We have another Mac, like Mac, anything crossed into Mac right now is just, it hits super hard. They stack, they're, frosted over great back appeal um i have some blueberry mac muffin which is blueberry muffin times uh mac times blueberry muffin and that is actually just it's it's going to be an amazing lead i can't wait to uh sample some of that because it has the it's a citrus blueberry like the blueberry train wreck very similar to that profile However, it has some menthol in it as well. Um, so I like that. Those, those are going to be, run, we're going to be running those. Another variety that we're going to run is the Alien Tarantula times Magic Melon. The Bruce Banner times Chem of the Crop, which is Chem D times uh, Chem 91 I-95. Um, and then there are They're just all funky that one that can bring a bunch of funk to that strain, you know, it is more dominant. The banners more dominant. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and they stack like the, uh, these were really short kind of plants that didn't get a lot of edge time. They didn't grow very, uh, big and they have just, you know, really nice, uh, size, pretty high too those banner always to test pretty high usually yeah and that's a good thing too because people look at the tests and they want to see high thc and 
They need bat. They want to see high THC and bag appeal. That's the driver. Fancy name on it. You got to slap a, a gelato. Or <laughs> yep, yep. But you can make yeah, you can make up for THC if you have color. If you're like purple or or yeah, yeah. Those are that's what's um, unique about like the gas cut. It, it gets streaked with purple. The uh, Mac Muffin is like a blue strain. Um, if you if you guys aren't really familiar with like the kind of like almost silver color path. yeah they're like silver blue and then they have these kind of almost uh, uh, is it maybe like almost chartreuse is that the color it's like a pinkish a pinkish purple I don't know if that's the right color I don't know what chartreuse is, but pink is purple. I can imagine that. Chartreuse is like a like, like a green color. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, way off. It's yellow green. Yellow oh green. no. Like puce? Nope. Do you mean like puce is like? Let me just check myself. Puce isn't that like a purple? Yeah, like a pinkish, like a like a matte pink. Yeah. Color kind of thing. So there's a lot of different stuff that we're going to be running there. Um, the, uh, Oh yeah. And the apple mochi gelato from alien genetics is really nice. It finishes fast. It's got great, um, all kinds of color in it. It's just, it's one of those ones that it's going to look really nice. A little birdie just told me that I got some apple stuff in my room. It's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. So <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about all that kind of stuff. You sound like you got some, uh, some really good shit right there, man. Yeah, I'm most excited about what I'm doing. Okay, so I finally got my racks. The electric for the box is almost done. All the LEDs are already in there, my, all the photon tech lights. And I'm going to be this Monday, my racks are going to be completed. I'm going to get plants in there, get power in there. And uh, I have the black lime reserve. I have the gas cut times Mac V2, the Lamarilla times Mac V2. I have the pancakes from aficionado i have and then i have a bunch of the uh, high divorce rate from my name is earl and those are all gonna just be they're all like you know 50 plus uh pheno um hunts you know of each variety so i should be able to find some decent stuff in there nice look forward to seeing that one See what you come up with, the new yeah. crosses you'll make. Hey, oh, Brandon. I'm, I'm going to do some things. I have Is the that... 1997 Indiana bubblegum, or a cut of Indiana bubblegum that he's had since 1997. Um, and... You know, I smoked Bud in 1997, though, man. I mean, I don't know. There are some good strains there, but there are some, yeah. Uh, no, I know what you're saying. The thing is, when you take a lot of these older things that have these, yeah, they got other things in them. Yeah. We have the technology. We can yeah. rebuild them. <laughs> exactly. Dude. Yes. It's, it's always a, a source of uh, crop genetic material. So um, yeah, everyone's special in that way. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you always, everyone has something to contribute. <laughs> So yeah. I crossed Maybe some I, susceptibility genes. I also do have uh, two, a couple of releases of the, the last bit of the Lime One BX crosses that I made. I just wanted to do some final testing and stuff on them because um, I did the uh, PK MK Ultra and I crossed that to the Lime One BX and then the Blueberry Trainwreck MK Ultra to the Lime One BX. And man, the 
Blueberry Trainwreck MK Ultra Lime One BX is so it's so strange. It's the it's um it's got the the type of nugget structure where the the stigmas are really 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 fat and very very pronounced and so the bud it looks just like it's it's just like this powerhouse of like gnarly like hairs so it looks like they look like just squatch and it's crazy because all of the hairs have all these you know systolic i think what are they the systolic trichomes and so they are still really bright and shiny and it's just it's just a weird i'll I'll, I'll see if i can share some of the pictures yeah Yeah, it's uh it's a really really weird um structure and it's really unique i don't see it very often let me look brandon you haven't messed with the crippy well i have some crippy s1 that somebody sent me i just have not um i have not gotten to it yet yeah no i actually just got organized all my seeds because i have to enter everything into metric oh right so tomorrow we're entering it all of the all of the seed stock that I have from my personal now, library. Is your bird named Lucky, or am I mistaken? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's right behind you, right? Do, do you feed him cannabis seeds or no? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Good, good. <laughs> well, not not always intentionally though. Oh, you better be he careful. Himself. He's gonna if he gets a uh, if he gets a liking for him, you're gonna find your seed vault broken into. Oh, well, I moved the seed vault away uh, because that did happen. Oh man! Uh, I had oh, actually no. a couple. I actually had a couple of packs of seeds that were uh, up on my shelf in the living room, and I wasn't paying attention. He started climbing the shelves, and he found the packs, and he uh, chewed about. I don't know, maybe a couple hundred of those Lime Marilla times Lime One BX seeds up. I bet you'd love them. Oh, no, shit. That's painful. So I sent to the group chat if you guys, you know, when you guys check the last two pictures that I sent are the uh, Trainwreck Blueberry times Lime One BX. And again, they're just, they have this very fluffy. They're weird. They're frosty. Um, and then the uh, the top ones that I sent are the Limerilla Times uh, Mac V2. Oh, those looking so good. Yeah, dude. I can't wait. They're going to finish probably, you know, uh, that was for day 42. So I think another week and they're going to be done. The, the, I see a lot of GG4 in the bud structure. There's no G. Oh, in this one? The, in the, the very first picture I got. Yeah, that's uh that's the Limarilla times Mac V2, dude. There I wish I could screen share. That'd be really cool. But they stack, um, dude. They get they get they could uh all he's gotta do is give you host and then you should or he could somehow I don't know how to Oh it's on my phone though. I don't uh, oh, oh, I don't yeah, I don't have the picture. I tried okay, so now I gave you permission. Yeah, I you know it it, it wouldn't work anyway because um all of it's uh on my phone all my all my camera pictures and stuff okay then no more permission <laughs> let me take it back hey uh, Pot- i want to shout this out real quick because it's pretty important potent Ponics uh 
uh, Steve Reisner out there. Shout out to him. Um, he says, uh, oh, I just lost it. because I got. Oh, there you go. There. Yep. But he was talking about uh, kelp. He was just consulting that somebody came back four times the limit on kelp. On, I think he said arsenic. Arsenic, yeah. Because yep. they were going crazy with the kelp. Yep. That's what I've been telling people not to use the, uh, the ocean inputs and the, yeah. So that's the Limerilla breeder cut times Mac V2 dude. And they, that's a, these are all taken on day 42. I can't wait, dude. Dude, they look so good, man. I can't wait either. That's the first one. And they, and here's the thing. So the trichomes feel real sandy too. So it might be a good washer. Real good hasher. Nice. That would be great. I think Mac's usually pretty good washer anyways. Yeah, I think the photo after this one's like, yeah, I mean, that was the one of the ones that had the most like kind of sandy trichomes because there's different phenos and they're, they vary slightly, you know. That's awesome. I can zoom right in like that. It's not too bad. The camera that I got, I got a, like a, a new camera finally, and it's been able to take a lot better pictures. Looking very frosty, very trichomous. And what's the, uh, what's the terps like on that one again? Oh man, it's really interesting. So it's like, um, have you ever smelt lemon basil? Yes. Okay, so it's like lemon. Awesome it's like lemon basil. It smells like lemon basil. Damn. It's one of my favorite kumbu uh, kombuchas or whatever. Is uh, there's a basil you can get? It's, it's so fucking good. It's like um, you know, it's so bright. It's just like it's one of those things that when you smell, that's the. Uh, the train wreck blueberry MK times lime one BX, not a very good picture, but they have these really big thick hairs and the buds are just covered in them. The GG four times lime one turned out really good. I was really stoked on those two. Um, here I, I'll, I'll shoot those real quick and then I'll show, here's a couple of phenos of those Mac muffins. I think what's going to happen is we're just going to, you know, you have to take into consideration like flowering times, the cycle that these things are taken, you know, especially for these uh, in a commercial setting. So having things that are able to finish really fast, high potency, that's just kind of the, how the market is. You know, I wanted to do that. I did that big pheno hunt with, you know, all those different like hazes, the P91, Bull Rider, Super Silver hazes, the old Blueberry Skunk crossed into the hazes. And it ended up not being really that, none of that stuff really was viable for, um, you know, commercial production because you're we hoping to find some phenos. And as much as we love them personally, um, you know, that's not really what the market looks for. The market is, you know, they want the name brand stuff. They want the gelatos and the new stuff that, you know, is coming out from a lot of the bigger companies that, you know, have names, you know, and they kind of build 
good marketing and branding strategies. And it's almost like, uh, it's almost like the, the high end flower market is, is in almost a direct extension of, of that, you know, the things that cookies are doing things that, you know, compound genetics are doing the things that just selling a brand. Yeah. You know, that's the blueberry Mac muffin. Again, that has great bag appeal. It has the purples in there. Beautiful, beautiful flowers, you know. And I'm really excited. Yeah, I just uh, I just shared a couple pictures of it's basically the same thing, like day 46. Wow. I got a couple of gelatos. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I could see why people would dig that. That's a fun, yeah. that's a fun little short stubby uh plant that but it will kind of you know kind of fill out a little bit you know more than you would think but that's an interesting plant i've only ran it a few times but uh that that i mean i can tell that stuff is the th sound that's got to be pretty dang high that's so. the best one personally that's my favorite out of all of them is that particular pheno because it stacks really hard this is calyx on the top is so swollen they almost break their seated yeah. Yeah. It grows like that. It's, it's really nice because um, it's going to be really easy for people to trim when it's time uh, for that to happen. So finding yeah. stuff that, that, you know, commercially, that's one of the things that, that I've, you know, I'm looking at too, is how efficient is it going to be for people to get this bagged up? <laughs> <laughs> look real pretty okay so this is the gorilla glue times lime one bx it's very very similar to the limerilla nice it's very very similar i mean it has the I same have, uh... types of structure it's covered in trichomes it has similar it has the uh the profile of the limerilla of the gorilla glue leaners which is more of the like chocolate coffee with the citrus overtone with undertone as I'm excited for my cuvee. I've got I've got one cuvee that smells just like cherry tootsie rolls. It smells so fucking good to me. Ooh, that does sound good. Yeah, it can be really hard to pick stuff out because as a as a connoisseur smoker and somebody that can grow really good weed, it's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but it, and everybody's and it, yeah, but it fucking takes seventy days. Yeah. These ones I think are finishing off are going to finish pretty quick. Um, I don't really want to be running anything that's over nine weeks. It's just too much. And really eight weeks is ideal. Yep. I agree. But again, I want, Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. That's uh, no, the growers. Nice. Yeah. That looks really good. That's the gelato cross, right? Yeah. That's the gelato. And that's just like day 46. I'm, I got that in my room right now. I took it a couple days ago. I'm waiting for a couple more days and I'm going to post one on Instagram, but, but yeah, no, that's that new gelato cross I got. And it's that good, man. man. I mean, you can you see know what the, it, it goes the, all the way. The sugar goes all the way down the leaves, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, pretty good. Yeah. You know what they kind of remind me of a little bit is they kind of remind me of the way that the old like Bubba's and the, you know, the purple Kush, grow the way that they the bud formation how they're really frosty and like nice and you know they have those golf ball sized nugs yeah 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 i just turned on my mic so this is one and he's got another one in here too another pick 
You can tell how healthy they are from these leaves. Making them shine. Yeah, that shine on certain streams gets that shine. That that is frosty though. No, look at that. Yeah, yeah I just really snapped good. those the other day. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm really focusing right now, man. Having been laid up there for a couple months with this ankle, man, I'm I'm not cutting any corners right now. I'm putting everything I got into it, and it's, it's I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, you see, there's there's more just like it in the background. Yeah, yeah, that's not the only one. Good work. <laughs> I was looking in the background of one of Brandon's too. I was like, there's some big plants in there. There's right, cool. yeah, there's usually is. Uh, our greenhouses right now are. Oh man, they're crazy. You get to that pig. This one. Here, I'll share another one right now. I'll see in the back room. over here. You can see the, the ones are towering in the back. <laughs> yeah, on the right side. Yeah, and then even straight in the middle. You see that one peeking out back here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, those are some of the, uh, the Limerilla Lime One BX. I have a table in there and they just beast it out. Super, super huge plants. The greenhouses, yeah, how- man, I'm like, how I'm in, lo- I'm in love with the greenhouses, though. The ceilings right. are actually really tall, man. I mean, I could grow like really tall plants, but the the thing is, these are on uh, like rolling bench tables. I would love to get these things on. Uh, it, I'd love to get them into beds in here in this facility. That would be okay. really really amazing. Um, I'm absolutely in love with the soil beds with the mixed light. It is hands down, man. The best fucking plants i've ever grown i mean it does i i can't i don't think i can get any really better other than just i think the only thing that i can do is just keep learning about like the metabolites that are released by specific bacterias and like as new stuff is discovered for the pathogen suppression and uh you know pest like bug suppression I think you're really close to like Alexander the Great conquering the world. There is no more world to take over. He just cries and gets sick. So don't let that happen. No, no. Well, I, I hope not because <laughs> I'm just doing plant stuff. A, uh, yeah, right. He left an empire afterwards that Wait, had a pretty big power vacuum. So I hope not. <laughs> but <laughs> but we can all share in these. Yeah. There's one very important difference. Well, and that's yes. it. Brandon's always going to have some fire fucking weed to smoke, so he'll have a smile on his face. He'll there be- you go. He'll smile I mean, until the day he goes. The, it's, just, it's just crazy to see, like, how, you know, the difference between something that's in a pot that and something that just isn't constricted. That's, like, literally, Dude, we're going. I've been sharing it. that. And- the BBC did the story that says uh, it was, like, a, a thing on words, too. Uh plant uh oh, how does it go plants get stunted by pot or something but the the premise of it was no matter how big a container they put the plant in the the size of the container was a limiting factor essentially and yeah and for some reason they took it off the internet but i saved it i have it saved somewhere i'm i'm really really impressed with the efficiency um as far as the cost efficiency and everything else with what we're doing, it is just, it's such a huge relief to know that we can operate at such a low inexpensive cost and be able to produce such a high quality product. It makes it so 
you know, if things stay the, the way that they are, um, you know, we should be able to, you know, put more money into the property and kind of build, you know, remediate the land and just, you know, have a, a really big company, something like Finest, something like Jungle Boys. I mean, I hope that our, you know, my brand is a recognizable name in the organic space as those people are in the spaces that they operate. Good luck, man. Absolutely. Yeah, You're well on your way. Thanks, yeah, man. definitely. So I don't think you need much luck, Brandon. You got it going on. So, I but think you know, I give time. I have to give credit where it's due. If it wasn't for a lot of you guys that are sitting here right now, past people that have been in here, uh, being able to talk about what I'm doing with other people, get other inputs and all this other stuff, it makes me a better grower, right? Because oh, 100%. The, more, the more I repeat the types of things that I'm learning, I'm going to be able to get that information stuck in my head a little bit better every time I repeat it. Yep. You know, it's the reason why I know why the five elements that are responsible for, um, you know, chlorophyll and then the conversion of nitrogen into proteins, you know, for pro chlorophyll production and then the one and then what's responsible for, you know, nitrogen conversion. And it's, it's just being able to repeat over and over and over repetition and having 112 cheap home grow shows, I think has probably all helped us up our games. Me personally, yes. Undoubtedly. Well, it's been very cool to see you, um, you know, like on your trajectory professionally and continuing on, you know, into the stratosphere. And so, I mean, I know people, that's why people are trying to buy or, you know, acquire your plants in any way they are. Um, it's why people are excited to hear about the cultivars you're growing and, um, you know, don't let any tornadoes get in your way. Man, we're, we have, we, okay, don't so we have a storm. Uh, oh. I think, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's so, so far, no tornado, like it's, 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 tornadoes are expected, but there's a saying in Oklahoma. It says, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. It's going to change. <laughs> you know what? I fear I fear people are going to get Brandon Seed and not going to be able to reproduce what he does. But, you know, because I tell you what, I, I said it a long ass time ago. The first time he did his big uh, grow and he's showing it on IG. Brand, I was really impressed, dude. I, I, was, I, I must have shot you out like three times. That first, uh, that first grow you did on IG because it was just spectacular, and you're just getting better and better. I'm really, it's, I'm, it's amazing, it's, dude. You really are. It's really just about looking at all the all the different science, right? Because what I've had to do, this is the biggest thing, and I tell this to people all the time. There's a really big uh, kind of disconnect between modified growing mixes and soil food web science, and I understand both of them. And soil food web science is really geared for agronomic soils, bioremediation, for building fields. Yeah, for building that soil. But when you have yeah. something that's already been custom built, these things actually operate like a hydroponic media. And I understand this because what I'm doing is I'm adding a sufficient amount of 
uh, nutrients to the soil and they're balanced. So that way when I'm watering, that solution is actually just like a hydroponic solution that you would be watering into your cocoa media or your rock wool media. It's the same exact principle because mm -hmm. all of those chemicals are almost the same, except that they're just derived from organics and they're derived also uh, from the nutrient cycling capacity of the biology that are in those soils. But, you know, while we're not trying to add things like earthworms and crop cover because we're not trying to change the structure of the soil, we're not trying to add a lot of get up. You know, when you have earthworms in a system like this, they quickly become castings and then it compacts soil. And then you had to add so much more minerals like gypsum, calcium, um, and then you have to rebalance the soil. So understanding that these modified growing mixes, uh, these living soils, um, when you get them, if you, you get an actual soil from like, let's say build a soil, kiss organics, um, these people, they're, they're testing bio 360. Um, they, they understand uh, the levels of the nutrition that they're putting in their soil. And so, you know, when I look at a saturated paste test, I can see, and I can make those slight adjustments. So it's really, really, um, it's almost like I'm growing just like a hydroponics would, but it's soil and it's biology. It's, it's really, they work very, very similar. It's, but it, but it doesn't work. This is the interesting part, right? Because hydroponics and growing in uh, this media is more closely related than me growing in this media and then me growing in an agronomic field conditions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, to the extent 100%. that you're really carefully controlling the, the levels of inputs and other issues like that, there are still significant differences in terms of how the roots are in, interacting with the microbes and the nutrients and in how the, the media itself interacts with like the water and the oxygen and all the rest of that. But yeah, in terms of being sort of micromanaging almost, we could say um, the, the levels of inputs and stuff. Yeah, you're, you're doing a very similar thing there. And, and well, when we're looking at the, the cocoa substrate and we have all of that aeration to maximize that gas exchange capacity of that media, it's one of the reasons why my soil is built with 40% aeration, which is a lot more than most people do. But it's because yeah. that way you can saturate these medias and still have the capacity to hold a lot of oxygen. Again, yep. that's very, very similar to how rock wool functions. You know, it's very similar to the way that cocoa functions because you can saturate these, but if you have the proper aeration, which a lot of people are using aeration in their cocoa, that's, you know, it's very similar. And it's about the, you know, some things are different. You, the, the pHs are a little bit different, but the concepts for what's actually you know, falling into solution that's coming in contact with plant roots as we water. Yeah. That, that it's the plants are going to uptake the same basic yeah. compounds from, from either system like that. And, and I think it's interesting, you know, um, being worried about sort of the airspace in the media and the aeration um, is certainly one way. How frequently do you fertigate or water? It depends on your watering is still based on sort of soil capacity, right? Yeah. So uh, typically 
when we water something in like the micro plus from my company, Bokashi Earthworks, which we uh -huh. like to do about twice a week, we'll do 50 gallons per bed. But if we water only 50 gallons per bed, we need to follow up the next day with another 50 gallons of water. Right. However, if we water with just a regular watering program, which is what we'll normally do uh, for the most part, it's just water only unless we're doing uh, uh, the inoculants, biological inoculants, or integrated pest management. Inoculants. Right. But a lot uh, of the oxygen we, that the roots actually get is, I mean, all of it's dissolved in the, the water primarily. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and so we're really oxygenating that water too because right. we have a massive sub pump, right, right, that pulls a massive amount of water through like a – got like an airlift? Yeah, it's like a through an inch PVC pipe, so it's just yep. it's just water falling. But then you have the time interval where that that dissolved oxygen sort of gets depleted until the next watering event. So it, it's actually interesting. I, I was fascinated the first time I looked at, at sort of the the science of this, but the oxygen content in cocoa that's available to the plant is highest immediately after a watering. Because most of the oxygen that's available to the plant is actually dissolved already in the water. And with our style of sort of high frequency fertigation, most of the water of the air is just coming that's being dissolved already in the water. It doesn't come from sort of the, the air holding spaces within the soil itself. Um, so these are, are different things when you're sort of really ramping up and you're thinking about how to manage these different things. When you get to a certain point of, of frequency, the oxygen just all comes out of the water. Um, if you're down to once a day or less than once a day, then you really need to be aware of sort of the oxygen holding capacity of the soil as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things too. So um we like to do a more aerated soil so it dries out faster. And the reason is, is because that way you can kind of control better dry backs. You can also, uh, you can also water a little more frequently. And like you were saying, the oxygen um, holding capacity of that water is greater when the temperature is a little bit lower. So we have, you know, a nice cold water storage and we're able to get, you know, we water almost every day or at least every other day. Yep. Um, but again, we have so much pore space that, you know, we, it helps on both sides there, right? It helps keep yeah. the oxygen in the, yes. in the media. It also helps the drainage, which allows you to water again more frequently. People and, think oftentimes that watering frequently is sort of like a problem or, I mean, it is for management issues, but it just, whether you're in an organic soil or you're in a hydroponic system like cocoa, um, providing the fresh water is just such a wonderful way to get fresh oxygen to the plant. Yeah. Yeah, so and, you know, having that having that aeration is definitely a, a key. At least, uh, in my opinion, it is. Did, did I understand correct that? It, so after you water with the micro plus, you have to water the next day because it's dried out already because that water made the plants like. No, no, it didn't dry it out. No, it's just okay. because they they were the each bed requires a little bit more than fifty gallons of water. Oh. Okay, they okay, usually yeah, they yeah. usually will do about like 75 or 80 a bed. They're 85 feet long by four feet wide. And okay. so if I typically water just, you know, right out as an RO, um, 
it's just we're using the wand. We're going to be switching to the blue mat systems and actually four o'clock on Tuesday, future cannabis project. We have a CAD design of our greenhouses laid out and we're going to go through all of the motions of how one of these things would be set up, answer all the questions just for my curiosities, my partner's curiosities, but any of the viewers and listeners. And we're going to go through, you know, the benefits and, you know, how these things kind of function and work in these systems, because we'd all, we, we'd like to automate our watering to where we just have to water in, you know, like, like our bio controls or our microbes. I'm a big fan of that kind of a thing. Definitely. You, you, you're already talking about how important it is and how useful it is for you to be able to grow at the scale that you do at the cost level that you do, at the personnel level that you do, and automation is going to give you even more control over that. But, you know, yeah, uh, computerization more lets you do 100 things right at the same time, but it also lets you make 100 errors at the same time as well. Yeah, so but we're going to have to switch from 100 to 1,000 too. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah. Automated watering will free us up to manage more of the garden workers and train people. So that way we don't have to spend as much time doing tasks like defoliating plants, because I think that my time could probably be spent, um, you know, better doing something different, um, doing, you know, the kinds of things that are, you know, doing the branding and the science stuff, which I'm going to always do. I'm always going to be in the garden growing and taking cuts and working alongside people. But um, I try to, we, you know, try to maximize our efficiency when it comes to time as a company, as individuals. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth happening and there's a lot of learning curves that we have to get to. And, you know, legislation constantly change that we have to try to fight back on. And so it's always, there's always something going on. Yeah, I remember I shared in the chat too that I uh, I saw that they were put they they passed a bill I guess in Oklahoma that you can't um, photo or video police officers. That's so that really not good. So um, hopefully we have some attorneys out here that'll fight for us because we do have a lot of people on the side, uh, you know, of the people. So that's one of the good things I I like about Oklahoma. We're, at, you know, the state of Oklahoma suing that metric right now. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yep. So I, if you're in Oklahoma and you're listening and you need a ride to the courthouse on Thursday, we're offering rides for carpools. We're trying to get business owners, whether you're a dispensary, whether you're a grow, a processor, whether you're an ancillary business like an electrician. Hell, even if you're a homeowner and you don't have anything to do with cannabis and you don't realize that you're property value has increased over the last two years because cannabis is in the state come on down you know it, cannabis has affected everybody positively even if you don't know about it and so uh, what's the story i don't know the story what's the uh what's going on okay so metric is a an illegal monopoly which yeah it's fucking annoying too yeah, not only that, but what happens is it creates an illegal monopoly and the money is getting um, taken out of state. Not only that, but it, it makes a lot of garbage. A 
massive amount of flaws and there's no reason to really have it implemented because there's nobody to enforce it anyway. It's full of so many errors and just a massive amount of garbage that's created. Just it's, a massive amount of garbage. This is it's sickening. so ridiculous, dude. It's bad too. It's it costs people money and you're forced to do it. As a small business, okay, if you are running a sea of green and you have you know, a thousand or 2000 plants in a room and they're small, you have to tag every single one of those. That's 45 cents a piece times, yeah. uh, you know, you 2000 plants using them. That's wasted plastic that somebody, yeah, but they're, but they're making people do stupid ass shit. Like, uh, they want you to record the, the material that comes off when you're pruning plants, like dumb ass shit like that. Okay. How about the metric people come into my yeah. facility and come and prune, 2,800 square feet of canopy and record every single leaf that comes off of every individual plant. That's By fucking insane. By okay. Yeah. Do you want to come into my facility and harvest uh, 798 fucking plants per greenhouse and, and fucking wet weight every single one of those? Before how would you, you fucking... even, how would you yeah. even record how all of you, that? That's like how do you... terabytes of data. And then check this out. There's so many rural areas of people operating out here in Oklahoma that they're on satellite and slow internet connections and they can't download that those those speeds That's, of internet daily to upload it to metric, which up. means what? The metric Their goes fucking down. businesses are done. Yep. Dude, there's a bunch it's of an extra stupid per, ass it's shit. An extra employee for us. Every harvest is an extra whole employee. It's a person's job the whole fucking time. Just entering the weights of every yep. fucking plant that we pull down. Yeah, you have to have someone specifically just for it, it's a fuck. It's trash. It's fucking. It's a trash fucking monopoly. Who, Who's the? They must it, know somebody. They must be giving kickbacks to the right people in these states. I don't get I don't it. No, dude, it, but it we have to so collectively stupid. as business owners, we have to come together. Consumers, you want to know why people in California are paying sixty-five to eighty dollars for a fucking eighth of weed? It's because of fucking metric and it's because of overtaxation, overregulation. Look at, we have medical here still in Oklahoma. We're not wrecked yet. Right. But metric is a prerequisite to recreational overtaxed, overregulated fucking cannabis. Fuck metric. I definitely want to reiterate the amount of waste associated with that system. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. You know, fucking plastic tags it, that are this fucking. It does big, not dude. allow yeah. you to be ecologically conscious. It does not allow for somebody to be ecologically yeah, conscious. It pushes you into management styles that are suboptimal because you're Absolutely, responding. Right? You're responding yeah. to those sort of demands rather than sort of the demands of the plan. Demands. Like yeah. actual, like natural demands yeah. of yeah. And they're like, well, what Brandon was talking about with the sea of green, you may try to oh, run a lot fewer, larger plants and totally change the way that you're doing, which would reduce the efficiency of your overall system because you're more worried about sort of the, the, well, imagine, just imagine, say, for example, I mean, that's not, that's a real thing. Imagine this, this is the little things people don't think about. Imagine changing a plant count in a room. Say you were testing, say you were running at 150, 150 plants. You want to go up to 200 and see how that changed. What you don't realize is that's 50 more plants. So on transplant, that's 50 more pots that have to be filled. And uh, for metric, that's 50 more tags that have to be threaded, which aren't, it's not the quickest yep. task. 
and, and then each each one of those has got to be 50 more plants that have to be tagged and that's 50 more all that bullshit you have to not only buy which is annoying computer. right so you just wouldn't do it i mean you yeah. just company, wouldn't experiment and innovate go for the like 200, that right some company on ig did a post about the metrics and they had tubs full of those tags and they were pissed that they couldn't even get more tags. You can't. You, they were saying they can only order a certain amount or something like that. Then they were waiting for them to come. So like they would have their hands tied. No, okay, this is what they do. Okay, Metric will me, yeah. only allow you to order a certain amount at the time, which means you have to play pay for shipping multiple times over and over and uh, over that's ridiculous. and that's over. Another, yeah, that's. Wow. I'm telling you, the whole fucking thing racket. is a fucking something scam, dude. Story. Well, you know, yeah, and like in a in a and and you know, I'm sure you can speak to this too, Doctor MG. Um, like labor is such a, a for all businesses, sure, labor is really important. Yeah. Um, but like in agriculture, historically, like you know, I know, I know, I, I'll never forget the uh, magazine I was reading a few years ago where they were changing the laws or proposing the changes of laws for uh, overtime pay in California for agricultural work, and um, you know, people were livid. They were like, I can't believe that we'd be paying overtime. You know, it, it would, we just can't even do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just like, this is just so, yeah, that's just so. Um, I, and you can look at it almost like that for the, the one sort of uh, economic positive out of these regulations. It does make more jobs for people because Right. You know, it's going to require 10 people to do the transplanting instead of one person to do the transplanting. It sounds like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But in pass those costs on to the, the consumer. And I think that it's really the, the consumers that of legal recreational cannabis that are getting hosed through all of this. And I don't think that the powers that be are, are really care about that. It seems to be just a new source of revenue that they can tap to fund other projects. Um, I feel like yeah, there could be a, like a way more efficient vacations. way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's also, you know, the cannabis, the pro-cannabis lobby is also responsible for that because one of the ways that they promote cannabis legalization is talking to the money, money, about money. how much tax revenue yeah. they generate. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like been one of the that's been the winning argument. That's yeah, probably I'll admit it, it was the so, it's the winning argument in San Diego, right? Yeah. I mean, Can you so, run Sorry. that. Oh, no, I just say that's just like I mean, it's a very sort of uh, sort of secular and kind of unbiased thing. Like at the very at the very least. Sir, you can at least make your city much more profitable. You can at least make right. your companies. Right. You know, most people are going to agree with that to some degree, even if they might be kind of on the fence. But that's the winning argument. There's a bunch yeah. of other arguments that had to be won first in terms of like the danger to society and the, all of that kind of stuff. That had to be won first, but none of those actually flipped the scales. The one right. that actually it's got, I mean, governments to, to flip their policies on this was the economic argument. And, you know, there's better ways to do it, though. And they still can make money without sort of, like, coming up with these ridiculous Brandon, schemes. 
Can you yeah. run for office there in Oklahoma? Or are you no, I'm a for some reason. I'm a uh, felon. See, I can't run. I can't. Well, you find a good anything, friend that could. If he was, that's uh, right. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but hey, I have to get out of here. Uh, it's time for dinner. So uh, I appreciate all you guys. Thanks for having me as always. And for all the listeners, you can find me at my little icon right there on Instagram. I'll talk to you guys all soon. Grow in love, Brandon. Thanks for joining us. Peace out, Brandon. I'm also going to run, you guys. Uh, I got to get going for dinner myself. Uh, good good seeing all you guys. Good job, Brandon. And uh, nice seeing you again, Dr. MJ and everybody on the panel. Uh, you guys have a good show. Grow in love, Noah. Thanks for coming. Great. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good night, man. Yeah, I got to go. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off those guys. <laughs> I'm going to get out <laughs> We're of here. We're being too. abandoned. Hey, I always it's going to be it, like so. me, Tao, and Matt. Actually, pretty soon <laughs> it's going to be me, Tao, and Matt. <laughs> yeah, that way you guys later. get a word in. We've been talking in your ear. And then there were three. And then there were three. <laughs> Spartan, get out of here. Give us your sign off here. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't even have a sign off. I'm so fucking high right now. Um, <laughs> I just haven't smoked Spartan glue in so long. I think that reset my receptors and it's fucking me up today. <laughs> Uh, it seems like it's so far like cycled member on you (laughs) yeah Uh, cheers guys it's fucking awesome hanging out i love these shows man i love it when we just don't have a plan it's just like a hanging out with your bros man love it cheers guys very much so all right so then there were three does uh chat have any questions in our last got about like 10 minutes it's some final sign-offs aren't going to take very long because they've already basically happened um either matt or tao or anybody in chat feel free to raise a a final topic for us to chew on i saw one i saw one earlier but i'm not gonna be able to scroll back that far Uh, if i can remember it i'm trying to think of uh I definitely saw some. I like to answer the questions from chat. Chat, if you got questions. Yeah, if there were questions that we passed by that you We'll do a lightning round. Yeah. Want to get back to. I'll tell everybody about um, a couple of things going on. We just started the Spring Autoflower Challenge on 420. Um, A bunch of you I know in chat and listening to this um, are in the, the Spring Autoflower Challenge. But if you're not yet, you can still join. Um, you're only five days late and, you know, just get your seeds going, sign up. We're going to do um, lots of uh, cool giveaways during the, the Spring Auto Flower Challenge this year. So check that out. And this week on, what is it, Saturday is the first? Yeah, on Saturday, we're doing the next strain review giveaway. Um, this is, you write a strain review and you get a lottery ticket, essentially, um, and this month we're giving away the Geek Beast Plus, which is a big giant light that I reviewed a couple months ago. Um, pretty nice light. Uh, so check that out. Write a strain review. Get a lottery ticket. The lottery is on Saturday. That's all at CocoForCannabis.com. Did you come up with anything else, Matt or Matthew? Putin Ponix here. Steve Reisner has... Best treatment for banana bunchy top virus, and that is to throw it away. Uh, cannabis doesn't get uh, bunchy top, but that is a, a very problematic thing. I think it's actually caused by a retrovirus, if I'm not mistaken, or that might be a different, that might be a mango ring spot or something like that. But um, yeah, well, actually on that topic, I just want to, it's always a good time to let people know that there's a bunch of, you know, 
gross incurable pathogens in cannabis that are not well known. And I mentioned them earlier and I'll mention them now. Big one that is uh, probably going to become more common is uh, LCV or lettuce chlorosis virus. And that is uh, vectored by the silverleaf whitefly, which is a super common whitefly globally. Um, and I love to mention that it's a virus, it's a plant virus vector of over 180 viruses. So it's, it's very good at what it does. You've also got the beet curly top virus, which is a huge problem globally as well. And it is also a problem for cannabis too. And I have videos for both of those on my YouTube channel. And the third one I want to talk about is uh, the hemp phytoplasmas. I just had a guy um, tell me that their grow, um, they, were, they were having symptoms of like weird dudding and um, very odd leaf formations kind of like a what's called a witch's brooming when like uh the the leaves and the branches kind of grow kind of um in excess it kind of looks like a rat's nest almost and uh they got it tested for phytoplasma and it was indeed a hemp phytoplasma positive so you guys got to watch out um people describe dudding but dudding could really be anything and it's really helpful to be descriptive with the sort of symptoms you have when you ask about them just in general and uh, take pictures take videos document because um, some of these are going through various distribution channels from people's friends to commercial lines and it's happened once already with hop latent viroid and that's going to become more and more problematic too and uh, it's not going to be the last time that um, nurseries and other groups are going to be spreading things out. So you have to be very vigilant with your quarantine and with your uh, documentation and crop scouting. So, oh, there's your IPM uh, uh, review. For your this IPM week. update with Matthew. Yeah, Gale. <laughs> that's right. There we go. Um, let me address this question about bottom feeding in cocoa. Um, you know, <laughs> But I don't think bottom feeding when you're fertigating in any media is a good idea um, based on the basic sort of hydrodynamic flow through a media. Um, when you put salty water, which when you're fertigating, your water is a little bit salty. That's the nutrients are different salts. And um, you put it to the bottom of dry media, it will wick up the media. The salty water gets moved to the top. And then water gets evaporated and water gets removed by the plant, which leaves the salt behind. And it creates a toxic root condition, uh, toxic soil condition in the top region of that plant. There's no way to flush those salts out. Um, so if you are in bottom feeding, um, really feeding, fertigating from the bottom in cocoa, um, you're gonna, the best strategy for that is to periodically top feed um, to, and top feed with a really low EC um, and what your goal there is essentially is flushing back down those salts that have wicked up. Um, you, you know, the solidification of um, sort of soil like that actually renders, um, has rendered cropland like uh, infertile all around the world. So it, it's really sort of an issue in terms of adding water, getting the water salty and then having it wick up and it brings all the salts to the surface. Um, so that's the, that's the issue. If you're in cocoa that's like amended cocoa and you're not fertigating, you're just providing fresh water, then that's fine to uh, bottom feed. It's really an issue that's created by the, the nutrients. Um, hopefully that answers that. Yeah, Potent Phonics, um, hit me up. 
send me an email or do you have a contact page? Um, love to come on the show. Um, there were a few questions that I thought we would be better sort of uh, kick to uh, maybe Spartan and Brandon and other people like that. The compost tea question for sure. And yeah, I see this I, I one by Duke and I'm not sure I could answer it very appropriately. Only yeah. to say that there's a hundred answers plus to that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Better legitimate. One of them that's, that's pretty important. He stopped using compost teas as Spartan Ground did. So um, he can tell you about sort of the, what you're looking for in a good compost tea. Um, and then the other question that I thought, um, you know, we could say a little bit about, but the, the, there was earlier commentary about arsenic and kelp. And now a couple of questions about sort of when to stop using kelp. Um, I don't use kelp. It is, it does um, sort of do things that are PGR that modify oh. the, the plant growth. There were some um, questions about kelp, about um, whether it's cumulative, but of course, right? That's kind of... Yeah, arsenic would be cumulative. Bioaccumulate? Yeah, that was just the... I just wanted to like speak to that particular question. Yeah, the original question reminded me of elderberry wine, thinking about arsenic and kelp. Um, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll try to get deeper into that maybe next week. We'll carry that over. Um, there are issues with heavy metal can contamination in kelp for sure. So that is the thing. I got a question, Doc. So if you're in the cocoa, are you doing like water, feed, feed water or whatever? Is it, would it be all right? Feed, 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 feed. I was going to say, so that's, that is the, that's the program, right? Because I was going to say you could bottom feed with the just water part, but you got to, that's what makes it magic, right? If it's consistent. What makes the magic really in, in the system. Yeah. The way I teach it is to keep everything really consistent at the yeah. right ratios. You know, when the when the electrical conductivity swings, the plant has to adjust to that. Um, right. The plant is sort of trying to keep in balance with the electrical conductivity in the water. And if you can keep it really consistent, then the plant doesn't have to adjust to that. Um, so growing on a system where you do feed, water, feed, or whatever, you're swinging the electrical conductivity dramatically. Um, every time you go from a, a nutrient solution to plain water and then from plain water back to a nutrient solution, and the plant's got to adjust to that. And you better believe that's going to slow the plant down. Now, if you're mm -hmm. feeding at too high of a level, the intermittent, you know, plain water is what's going to save your butt. But it, it's better to just feed, feed, feed at the consistent level that the plant wants. Right. Now, you're also of the opinion maybe more stronger than opinion but uh <laughs> uh like uh when people try to sort of like change their nutrient um schedule like dramatically whatever that looks like from like veg to flour do you feel like like on the scale of like zero to ten how important do you think that is for like the end end result product to in, in like to like kind of uh, to, to give them different uh, to, nutrients during veg and flour is it pretty important it's pretty important but would you say that it's, but like i think a lot of people maybe i don't think i'm articulating the question very well but like i feel like people maybe very over dramatically do it and so like i guess what do you change i think that's that might be more of the question um what do you change and to what degree um kind of generalizable if you can it just in in general, the, the nutrient element ratio shifts. Um, 
during the course of the grow, especially into flowering, we add uh, a higher ratio. You know, in cocoa, we really only want to add a higher ratio of phosphorus, um, but we end up adding potassium as well. Um, nitrogen needs stay fairly consistent. There's sort of a overhype about the fact that nitrogen needs go down during flowering. It's really just- I think I was hitting on kind of that stereotype, yeah. Yeah, it's really just that the plant can use more um, P and K. It doesn't need more or less nitrogen. Um, so for that reason, the element ratio shifts. Now, one thing about the way that I try to grow is we're, we're growing fast and, and we're really keeping the plant humming in this like high production mode. And, you know, one of our, our really good growers, um, Smart Poker, who's in chat, I think he was a while ago, um, recently sent me a picture of like some, some leaf curl. And he's saying, you know, these plants are growing like, like fire and I'm getting this little issue. I'm like, yeah, you're probably dealing with a slight little nutrient element ratio issue just because you're really pushing it. You know, the plants are really sort of using everything you're giving them. And that's gonna expose some sort of minor issues around the edges sometimes. Um, because we're trying to keep, you know, in the, the law of the minimum, we got all the reeds sort of up as high as they'll go. And, you know, it's spilling out one side or the other. We're trying to kind of keep that tub as full as we can, um, if you're familiar with that metaphor. So, you know, it is important. I, I like, in, if you really want to push it, you can ease off. Um, you can back off and sort of run a lower EC and all that and, and have good success with this. But if you're really trying to sort of maximize speed and production um, and you get plants that are growing two, three, four inches a day, um, you'll expose some slight issues uh, if you're not kind of making those adjustments during the term. So people ask me, like a question came up earlier today about what's a good compromise veg blend. Um, or can I do one blend that, that sort of will work with different plants in different stages of veg? And you can, it, it's just a bit of a compromise. Um, it's not gonna be sort of as tuned to each stage of growth as you otherwise could be. But I, I otherwise agree with you, Matt. I think that it, it's a little overdone. Yeah, and I, and I think that it kind of comes, I think that I'm, I guess I'm trying to also express that I feel and confirming if this is even true that like at least it's been in my experience like you don't have like I don't know I know people who don't really change things very much and perhaps because they're already using things at an excessive level and you don't really notice or because it just is strain dependent or whatever but or they're like, just not pushing production to the same yeah level. It, yes and I think maybe you've just hit the nail on the head there I think like you can still I guess like you don't need it to be premium, at least in my opinion. You can grow some right. great fire. Right. Um, Think about having like a, a sports car, right? And yeah. if you're putting around in your sports car, running errands, going back and forth to the store and theater or whatever, it, you're never going to really sort of realize how the, the fifth cylinder is misfiring, right? But if you get it out on the highway or on the, you take it to the track and you're trying to do time trials or something, then you're going to realize, oh, okay, you know, the, the timing is off a little bit here. This isn't hitting right or something else. Those, all those sort of flaws that you're never going to expose until you really start to push the system towards its limit. I like that metaphor. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> you also have to give a sports car premium uh, gasoline, for example. Yeah, and you got to know how to drive. 
Um, it's not like, you know, getting behind the, bar, the bumper car or something and you just kind of can hit, run into things. And there's, uh, there's different sort of approaches like that. It is something when you're growing like that, if you're taking your sports car around the track, you're paying attention to every little detail. Um, which is why Small Poker sort of sent in that picture. He's like, oh, what, what's this issue that, that's coming up? Um, and you do sort of hit some of those things, but it's really because you're, you're pushing it. Anyways, this was a fun chat, guys. And it is right now 5.59. Um, so let's go ahead and do our, our final sign-offs here. And you guys can bring up any final comments or, or chat questions that you wanted to when you're signing off. Um, Tao, thanks for gracing us with your presence. And uh, No worries. I apologize I was late. Um, I apologize I was late. I'm the American one on YouTube and the American one underscore with it, underscore Keens on the IG. I want to... Uh, mention uh a youtuber and cannabis cultivator that uh is down and out right now stony baker md is um he's a cultivator and he he's having an issue from what i understand he's just like uh he's in a coma and he's not waking up so um that's about all the details i have so i want everyone to send positive vibes to him and um yeah hopefully he'll get back to 100 asap and other than that i hope everyone has a great week yeah, we'll keep them in our thoughts. Absolutely. Todd, thanks for bringing that up. Um, all right. And then Matthew Gates, our IPM expert. I enjoyed the chat. As always, we had great questions. And uh, I got to talk about biosecurity, which I love to do. And if you're curious to learn more, I offer training. I consult with people who need help uh, at the uh, commercial level, but I love to help people out um, at a private level uh, as well, because I think ultimately, the more people who know IPM and good praxis, the better we'll all be kind of collectively. So it's very important. I'm very passionate about that. I have videos on my YouTube channel, Zenthanol, the same one I was talking in chat with. And if you are curious about more information, you can check out my content there, as well as on Instagram at SyncAngel, as well as on Twitter with the same handle. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, Matthew, but um, it takes a while to put together a resource properly. And we are still working on Matthew's uh, Zenthanol's IPM guide that we'll be hosting on Cocoa for Cannabis. Um, we're going to chat with you again about that. But we have some cool articles coming from Matthew that you guys can look forward to hopefully soon. I know I've been teasing it for Absolutely. a while. I'm um, super excited as well. Yeah, I'm looking yes. forward to that. I am Dr. MJ Coco from Coco for Cannabis, stepping in for Jack Greenstock, who is himself stepping in for Shane of the Cheap Home Grow podcast, um, bringing you another episode here of Growing with My Fellow Growers. Thank you all to the chat. You guys kept this in, this episode really interesting. Um, thank you to Matthew, to Tao, to the other panelists who were, were on in this. I got kind of hosting duty sprung on me when we went live. Um, but hopefully it was a fun show for everybody and I, I had fun hosting it and talking about things. So I will um, do my best to be back here again next week with the rest of you. Don't forget to check out the strain review giveaway. Just write a strain review, get entered to win the, the Geek Beast Plus on Cocoa for Cannabis um, and sign up for the, the Spring Auto Flower Challenge if you haven't yet and grow along with us. Um, I'm Dr. MJ Coco for the Cheap Home Grow Network. Wishing all of you grower love. Peace out, all. For love.